0: Hey, why don't you come back tomorrow, and I'm going to tell you a different story—an epic <gasps> tale of love and revenge. You know what epic means? No. It means a really long story. And in a certain Hello and welcome to Rose Tinted Review, the show where every week we pick something that we're feeling nostalgic for, we then revisit and review it to find out if our hindsight is truly 2020, or if we've just been wearing rose tinted glasses. I am your host, Michael Gerbez, and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend and co-host, Connor O'Keefe.
1: Tell me more, Michael. What what did this co-host look like?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was bald and very sad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: And he didn't talk with a Spanish accent. He talked with a normal voice. (laughs) (laughs) With a ripper Aussie accent. (laughs) With your normal ripper Aussie accent. (laughs) Uh, Good stuff. Uh, this week's episode we are reviewing the 2006 fantasy fairy tale adventure, The Fall. Based on the 1981 screenplay Yo Ho Ho by Valerie Petrov, uh, the film is co-written by Don Gilroy, Nico Soltanicus, and Tarsim.
1: So the film is also directed by Tarsim. Tarsem, one tarsem. word. This is, first, this is my first exposure to Tarsem. I have, no, I have no prior knowledge of Tarsem. This is amazing. In a hospital on the outskirts of 1920s Los
0: Angeles, an injured stuntman begins to tell a fellow patient, a little girl with a broken arm, a fantastic story of five mythical heroes. Thanks to his fractured state of mind and her vivid imagination, the line between fiction and reality blurs as the tale advances. The film stars Katinka Utaru, Lee Pace, Robin Smith, Jatu Varuma,
1: Leo Bill, and
0: Marcus Wesley.
1: Hot dog, dude. Uh, so yeah, this is a hell of a, a Tarsem joint to start on for yeah, uh, non-Tarson <laughs> initiate. Um, what's like? Is this representative of his work in in general? Or is this is this an outlier? Is this like the most Tarsim thing Tarsim's ever made? This is
0: maybe the most Tarsim thing Tarsim's ever made, but I don't, I wouldn't call it an outlier. Uh, Plug, plug, plug on our Patreon exclusive podcast, The Blind Spot. I, oh, I watched last month The Cell, which is the first, like one of the big ones that I hadn't seen of his. And mm-hmm. that one's like- all of your regular Tarsim Bents of incredible, incredible costume design and 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 sets and cinematography, but it's like a horror film. Mm. But I think that he's he's overall for me experiencing as I'm as I'm like checking out his flicks. It's it's been a very um, like a surface level. Experience of this filmmaker. I haven't been watching all of the behind the scenes and the makings of like I do with with some others. So I'm just okay. watching one of his movies every couple of years, catching up. And the thing that I love him for, and 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 find his like strongest characteristic is that in like ridiculous, incredible scale of epic that he can pull off, where it's it's the the truly epic or truly mm. awesome kind of visuals that it's not yeah, just like oh wow this- man that was epic that fucking fight scene was cool it was like no no, no the no. fucking grand
1: scale that he can show this this like incredibly beautiful vivid yeah. yeah and and in a way that truly feels uh like you're watching the work of uh an auteur like it feels self-indulgent just by definition like i don't mean that as a, a necessary, necessarily a negative yeah, although yeah. reading the the critical response to this movie it seems like uh, it is to a fault for some people's liking. <laughs> Get out of here! This, <laughs> with that nonsense. No, I can, I can, I can see, I can see that uh, that being a, a sticking point for for some people. It's, um, I found it really charming. Yeah, I, I, I was like, initially, the movie starts, and I was like, this is like a fucking parody of art house, man. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it is undeniably beautiful it's mm. undeniably gorgeous and then as the film went on i was yeah really really won over and ended up really uh, enjoying the whole thing um as we'll, you know i'm looking forward to getting into with you mm. uh but where, where are you coming to this movie from where did you see this so i saw this on the recommendation of a film uh, like a film student friend
0: of ours okay our friend chris she was like you haven't seen the <laughs> fall <laughs> and she fucking told me because uh i'm a big Lee pace fan lovely okay. pace we we bonded our love of Lee Pace over a, a TV show that he was in the the show Pushing Daisies, which is okay. a beautiful whimsical show, and and Lee Pace is beautiful and whimsical in in that show. And then so then she's like, you haven't seen The Fall, and uh, yeah, I watched it, and it is one hundred percent fucking up my alley. Yeah, such well, a absolutely. Mark for it, dude. Man, like- I was watching this, I was
1: like, this forget forget uh, fucking. Uh, meet Joe Black. This this is the most Michael film <laughs> ever. This stinks of you, dude. Yeah, <laughs> and-
0: <laughs> oh, I will I will own every every essence of that. Yes, it is a Michael <laughs> movie because I love almost fucking everything about this movie. Uh, nothing yep. nothing is too self indulgent or over the top or anything for uh-huh. me. I I really find it whimsical, charming, and that fucking glorious epicness of of the the fantasy stuff yeah of course I love my fairy tales so the f- the the framing device of this being he's telling the story to this little girl mm. I absolutely love and it reminds me of so much of that similar stuff in that genre that I love like Guillermo del Toro's work and the mm. the storyteller from Jim Henson it has that really really excellent spot-on understanding of how these kind of stories, work or how Mm. uh, how loose they can be in like telling it to this little girl and the little girl being like I don't like pirates and he's like no 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 no, it's not a pirate story no 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 they're uh, they're bandits they're not pirates so the buccaneers were trapped on this island what means a buccaneer well it's like a pirate pirate and buccaneer it's like the same thing but I don't like pirate stories you're the one who asked for a pirate story Mm -mm. I just wanted to know if your friend was was a pirate Why? Because he has just one leg Oh, right Well, yeah, it's not a pirate story It's a story about bandits Mm. In fact, our masked hero couldn't even swim
1: And like changing it up on the fly and all that Yeah, yeah, yeah That That stuff's a lot of fun, yeah uh, it kind of, it, it reminds me of a lot of different things um, without being like, oh, it's just, oh, they're just doing this. Um, like it feels, it, it has elements that I really like of, of the Princess Bride. Yeah, not, yeah, sure. You know, the least of which being the, you know, telling the story. It's got a little bit of Wizard of Oz in there with like the, yes, you know, and you were there and, and you, you were there. there. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but in like a beautifully like kind of subtle arthousey y way of, like, like the the blurb says, the sort of the line between uh, the 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 story and stuff is blurred. I love that there's a really nice mixture of he's telling the story to her, going like, "Oh, like you know, the bandit's your dad because she showed him the pictures and stuff." And mm. obviously, the Indian is there because she said that she works with the Indian, and he gave her the little uh, the little elephant and stuff. But mm. then there's stuff that he's you know projecting onto the story as well and yeah, there's yeah, like that, he's working through some shit and some of that isn't explained in just like a, oh and you're there you were there like yeah no 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 it's it's not so on the nose basic simple like uh, analogies and stuff there's there's more it doesn't have to over explain every single one of those elements and mm. so we get these ideas that oh the the, the villains look like the X-ray men because the, men, the man who wears the X-ray, his big protective suit is like really intimidating to a child.
1: Yeah. yeah um, and that's yeah, not like something
0: that. that she's explained to, to Roy. That's just her nah. imagination filling in the gaps. And so it's got this really nice, like seamlessly blending of both people's imagination of their like mm. equally filling in all the gaps and stuff. It's really, yeah, really yeah. wonderful. So I, th- I think this might've been my first Tarsim film as well. I don't uh-huh. think I had heard of him before uh, this. Like, dude, he's he's one word name
1: lives up to that like autonomous of like, yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah. this guy he knows his shit. Um, I I think that well, that's the thing when when somebody uh, goes, you know, chooses to go by a one a one word name, you know, like like Prince or Share, <laughs> like yeah. you kind of go like, okay, you kind of fold your arms a little bit and go, all right, well, what are you, you know, how are you gonna live up to that one name, huh? And uh, shit, man, I think he lives up to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, it was it
0: was clearly one of those films, similar to like uh, we talked about Hero. It was one of those films that is like, it's not an international film in the same way as Hero that it's actually made in a different country, but the influences are so uh, like widely different to mm. your regular Hollywood that they thought it's good to get uh, like a big Hollywood name uh, into like present the movie so with hero it was quentin tarantino presents hero mm. and in this yeah, it's yeah. Uh, spike jones and david
1: fincher present yes yes yeah yeah and i think the the david fincher uh producer credit on there makes sense too because it kind of uh, i get a little bit of that um uh curious case of benjamin button yeah. vibe from this as well sure sure absolutely i think um what maybe like you
0: said at the beginning this feels like a parody of uh, art house and then as it goes on you see these like incredible beautiful bits of imagery in all sorts of different ways like the opening's really cool that it's in this black and white slow motion
1: like mm. every single shot in that opening is like stunning ah, it's a dead horse at this point but the phrase every frame of painting is uh, you know possibly never been more apt than, that was the dead horse that they were pulling out the the of the river in the opening podcast. <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, that that they were they were hauling the phrase every frame of painting from the river in slow motion, black and white, um, and then we get into
0: the the much more grounded, sort of slightly gritty uh, looking uh, hospital mm. in Los Angeles that reminds me of that sort of Guillermo del Toro, Pan's Labyrinth, um, mm. or the. Devil's Backbone, which is the sister film to that, that's also yeah. like set in an orphanage. It's got that kind of like that grit and grime and texture to it that you're like, yeah, cool. And then when mm. we get into the actual uh, like fairy tale telling of these stories, it's just the most like bright, colourful, oh, bold, so vivid. incredible. And I think that's where Tasim. I don't I don't know much about him, but I know that he's an Indian director, and I th- I can see that Bollywood inspiration coming through mm. and that, Like that's the only thing I can think of when I go. I've never seen things so epic and beautiful and
1: vivid and, and stunning. Yeah, and as like in a Bollywood unapologetically film. so. Like yeah, Bollywood stuff. At least from my very you know uh, sideways glance at the at the you know the genre. Yeah, yeah. Or you know that that uh, community of filmmaking can gather it's it's unapologetically camp in in every you know yes in just in yes. every way that's why i would
0: say it. i don't feel like this film is bollywood in much else besides the the stunning visuals because it does yeah, feel a lot yeah. more contained and it does feel much more like a traditional uh hollywood flick of how the story is told and and that sort of thing there's there's nice elements of tra- tragedy and humor and heartwarmingness and mm. you know all of those sorts of things, but it's not quite the same as a Bollywood film. My wife took a trip uh, to to India when she was studying film and uh, the explanation she got given when she was over there by a lot of people is that they see American or Western films as lacking when they're only like one genre
1: because mm, a Bollywood right. film
0: should have every single like genre in it at once. <laughs> like it is That's just total cute. overload of all of that stuff and, and they find those movies boring by comparison and it doesn't, that's not what this feels like. This feels like it totally that overindulgent, like he's, is, he's is telling the story he wants to tell. Yeah. With the stunning yeah. visuals, but it is, it's restrained by comparison.
1: Yes. 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 Uh, it's almost like a color grade alone for like, like the fantasy stuff. It's got a campness to it. It's like mm. camp, but not in the way that Baz Luhrmann's shit is camp. Mm. Like Baz Luhrmann's stuff is almost uh, insufferable. Here it's uh, here. (laughs) I I find it quite um, quite engaging.
0: Yeah, I I really like it too. I think uh, like Princess Bride comparisons. I think is the closer to it that Princess Bride's not quite that bright, but it has that same kind of charm and camp to it, Mm. it. That equally, the film has that nostalgia and understanding and reverence for like storytelling. The craft of storytelling in the way that uh, a fairy tale is told, but it also mm. has that reverence for early filmmaking—the mm. the that period of the uh, silent pictures, the f- flickers. The you know they hadn't even mm. come up with movies because they just had like all these different phrases for the same thing. Yeah, they yeah. were moving pictures or movies, and then the flickering is the like all of the frames coming through because they're still like hand hand wound. So that frame rate isn't consistent because it's somebody winding a crank and stuff. Mm. It's interesting how it takes the comparison of those two things that I've never really thought of before. That filmmaking was at such an early stage of its uh, like storytelling lifespan at that point Mm. that it is almost like they were telling far, far simpler stories than what like a novel could. Mm. That we've had Mm. like, you know, incredible literature that's been around for hundreds of years. Films have been around for like
1: a decade at that point. Yeah, yeah, it's still uh, in its infancy. Mm.
0: And so they're tackling these simpler or the, the oral storytelling ways of a fairy tale or a folk tale or something mythic than mm. your grand, you know, piece of literature that everything makes sense and everything stays consistent. Like, what's that? I want I
1: want the characters to, like, change actor partway in and, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, all yeah. this stuff. I like how the you say, like, the, like, real life segments of the film uh, far more, you know, grittier, and the the colours are far more subdued. Mm. It's still gorgeously shot and framed. It's yep. still a, a real a real treat for the eyes. Mm. Um, even just like shot reverse shot of of Alexandria and Roy talking, uh, it's it's shot in a way that feels really I don't know it carries a sweetness to it that um, even though it takes about twenty minutes for the movie to get into the storytelling part and the epic part of it you i don't know i felt drawn in i was like okay i'll 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 sit with this cuz this is charming this is sweet i like this mm. and a big part of that is the other the performances of of lee pace and um uh what was her name ubuntu uh sorry katinka <laughs> untaru um yeah katinka and lee bouncing off one another almost like you know how we we talked a bit about i think we talked about this on on this month's or last month's sorry uh blind spot episode child actors in things yes. sometimes being like you know, really fucking good, or like disappearing into the into the role, uh or kind of transparently a little bit shit. And yeah. you know, bless them they're trying, but it, it's pulling me out. Mm. Here it's like there are moments where you could swear they just left the camera rolling and Lee is trying to like usher her through the scene <laughs> and she's just like like just an actual little kid kind of like fucking around. Well, bing bing bing, you got it, dude. I'm
0: glad I'm ah. glad to tell you that there is a heap of that stuff between Lee Pace and her that are, that is improvised where it is it is less her sort of um uh what do you call it um just like uh, disappearing into the character and more that they cast her cuz she fits so well mm. um and cuz she was like had no acting experience before this.
1: Ah right cool.
0: Really just like yeah letting her Bring her thing to it. And I think it works really yeah. well with the the child aspect of, you know, the kid seeing oh, things differently to how an adult sees it. And also the language barrier of like English being her second language. Yeah. And he has to yeah, like yeah, explain yeah. stuff over. It's just like so much of that is really, really wonderful stuff where it's like I'd love to see the screenplay and actually see like where it stops and ends because mm. it's hard to tell. Yeah, for sure. Like, little things like her giving him the, um, what's it called? Is it the eucharist? or The Eucharist. The Eucharist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her just being like, it's food. And him being like, are you trying to save my soul? And she's like, what, the, yeah. the what?
1: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. she yeah. keeps getting distracted and, like, fucking about with, yeah. like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's yeah, it's so wonderful. She's constantly, like, rubbing her nose and just doing, like, dumb kid shit. Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, like, as the movie goes on, I, I think that- um that stuff sells the dynamic so hard that when uh, the when things become more dramatic uh, later on, it's utterly heartbreaking. <laughs> yes, yeah. We won't get into the heartbreaking stuff
0: just yet. No, no, no. I'll, no, s- no, I'll no, slow it down because I was going to gonna say one of those things of just a, a kid being a dumb kid is one of my favourite moments. It's right at the beginning when he starts telling the um the the Alexander the Great story. Yeah, it's not quite like the actual story that the rest of the film takes place in. And it's just about how he goes, oh, your name's Alexandria. Mm. You know, you're named after Alexander the Great, the greatest warrior ever. And it is so epic. And they're in the desert. They, they need water. And they get given, like, the the, the helmet full of water. And he, like, mm. epically, like, tips it out. And it's like, oh, my God, this is incredible. It's epic. And, like, you get that, this sense that Roy is like, yeah, this makes sense. He's telling these stories because he is, he like, you know, that's why he wants to work in films. Because he does love this stuff. Why? What? Why? Well, because there wasn't enough water for all of them, and hmm? it was Alexander the Great's way of showing his army that they were all equal.
1: it's stupid.
0: What? What would you do better?
1: Cause Alexander threw little... the water instead to give every soldier a little bit.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Some of the delivery is so fucking
0: oh, cute. fucking Christ. And yeah, the way that they seemingly similar, like uh, you can get a bit meta with like all the metaphors, the way that he telling the story is like, oh, you know, your dad has the gap in the teeth that you do and and incorporating all of those things in. Seemingly, it feels like they took this film and saw this little girl and went, okay, here's all these little things about this little girl. Let's roll Mm -hmm. them
1: into the story and incorporate it into this story that we're telling in this film as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, to the point where that that idea or that um distinction of was the was this person cast for the role or was the role kind of written for the the person is, is blonde, uh, blurred a bit. Um, and then
0: of course when we does start telling the story, we get our our five heroes or, or shortly after six heroes. What do you think of
1: those guys? Do you have a favourite one? Yeah, a lot of fun. I think um I think my favourite would be uh the Indian. Yep. Yeah, um, uh, he really is just so fucking fabulous uh, and so cool. Um, the fucking the like long his... hair when he's like swimming in the water and yeah, shit. Yeah, and, yeah, And then yeah, when he great. gets
0: it, like his turban on and the whole outfit and stuff, it's like fucking the outfit's wonderful. The stunning. sword looks
1: cool, and um, his like origin story, the way it's shot, the architecture, and and mm. how those locations are uh, shot, uh, it's just gorgeous. Uh, the the kind of like when his his squad is like running through like this kind of it looks like a labyrinth like it yes. looks like a, an mc escher painting yeah yeah um, the way it's shot it's it's really fucking gorgeous really striking a, a lot of fun too. having each uh character's story end with them like screaming at the sky and swearing revenge like, yeah, yeah it's so silly um and then just her just being like i like him yeah yeah followed like closely him. by um uh what was a fucking charles darwin oh yeah yeah
0: yeah charles darwin's great i love the fact that it's like yeah fuck it let's throw in this like really really historical person into this (laughs) mystical setting where you've got like oh there's a mystic and and there's this indian guy and like and then they're just like yeah and and charles darwin this real man (laughs) yeah but of course him having his um his little monkey friend yeah and the the monkey
1: is responsible for all of his discoveries yeah yeah Uh, that's cute
0: Incredible. Yeah, I really like, I, I love all of them. I love how, like, distinct every character is, like, this different nationality with this really incredible different costume on. Mm. Um, you get, like, the Spanish influence of the, the masked bandit having that, like, amazing golden mm. uh, uh breasted, whatever you call it, all of that, uh whatever that stuff is. I forget what they mm-hmm. call that. But, yeah, that looks amazing. But it's not quite like a a regular officer's jacket or something. It's like, it's sleeveless and he's got these big fucking puffy pants skirt thing on <laughs> and like the sick double holster for his like flintlock pistols on the, on the one side, like so fucking stylish and cool. Yeah. Yeah. I've re- uh, the mystic is really fucking cool. I didn't, um didn't use to like the mystic as much, but this viewing, I like really, really fucking dug the him appearing out of the tree and like all of his dreadlocks being like the, the roots of the tree and stuff like that mm. is yeah, really yeah, yeah. super cool. Uh, like elements of um, how when he, he eats the map that's poisonous, all of the like tattoos appear on his skin that are like map coordinates and stuff is amazing. Mm, yeah, that whole sequence was very, very cool. Uh, I love like the little, those little flares of like weird storytelling like you get from the storyteller where it's like he has birds living inside his belly. Mm. For some reason, it's like the giant with no heart in his belly, and there's a wasp's mm. nest where it should be. Like you're just like, oh, these little, oh god, they they hook me. These little weird, <laughs> over the top explanations for something
1: that nobody asked for. It's just like that's what I want, man. Mm, mm. Speaking of that, uh, that whole sequence with the the mystic, uh, like going down into the 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 greenery and stuff. Same thing. It's like. He eats the map for some reason and the map is also poisoned for some reason. Yeah, for some reason, yeah. that he's got the map on his skin. <laughs> that amazing montage of them, like, travelling around. Yeah. Like, just very split-second things of them in, like, fucking China, France, uh, like, yeah, for, deserts, beaches, like, there's all these beautiful, different locations.
0: Beautiful locations, like, they start off with the pyramids and, you are know, like, cool, the great pyramids and they're, like, Great Wall of China, and that's a little bit quicker. And then they're like, here's, like, a frame of the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> yeah, and here's a frame of the Statue of Liberty. Fuck it, like. <laughs> yes, like, such good use of just, all around the world, all of these most incredible places, like the desert environments that they shoot in, like the mountains behind it and everything, that early stuff with uh, Alexander the Great, that one black horseman, like, r- riding down the dunes and coming towards mm. them, and it goes so far out that they're just, like, specks, but the entire background is this huge, like, wall of sand, mm. and it's all yeah, just, it's like, real stuff. It's so stunning. Like, there's, like, a lot of, like, like the Taj Mahal is used as well, I believe, Um, And yeah, all of these different like cities and places like the beautiful like castle uh, fortressy building that's on the island that they go to just for a little while just to to Mm. hang out and recuperate and fall in love and stuff. It's like all of the architecture is so interesting and I love how mixed together all of it is because he starts telling the story that that it takes place in india because he's cuz she's got an indian friend that works with it, with her in the in the orange groves and then it's like oh well you're spanish your father's spanish we're in spain now and now like yeah let's go to all these different places and don't let these stupid things like get in the way of like this is a fucking stunning location and it's like oh, does it doesn't make sense like that's not the nationality that they say to the country they're in it's like who gives a fuck like what he's a governor this yeah, like yeah. this bad villain is a governor, but they're like globe trotting across every like <laughs> amazing <laughs> yeah. country and showing all this incredible stuff. Yeah. It's wonderful. Some of the transitions between those amazing locations is really, really seamless and really magical. And in, in how they pull them off, like Alexander being lost and he's lost in this building at first, and then he goes, "No, no, no it wasn't a building. It was a desert." And the camera, mm. like three sixty degree rotates around him and suddenly he's in this desert Mm. and it doesn't look like a visual effect. You're just like, this is incredible. And the same way that you're talking about how when the mystic eats the map and he's climbing down these desert mountains, it's all just, like, rock and stone and dry and stuff and they they Mm. say he's going to greener pastures and suddenly, like, they look down further and it's all this greenery Mm. and then they, like, follow him down and suddenly they're in, like, rice fields. yeah. And you're like, wow, how did, where did this come from? Like, it, these are two real beautiful locations that you've somehow seam- seamlessly connected together and made it feel like this impossible kind of geography just mm. by, like, shooting it in a really creative way. Yeah. It's, it's really yeah, it's fascinating. And then all of those people, like, coming out of the mud to grab the mystic and stuff. It's like, whoa. Yeah, yeah. that's
1: That looks so cool. And then, again, that whole uh, sequence.
0: That's where I find I'm obviously an absolute mark for this stuff. The second that they say this is a story getting told to a little girl, I'm like, yeah, you can go as balls to the wall as you want with how stunning and incredibly visually this can be. And you don't Mm. have to justify it as strongly as to, oh, what is that? Like, what purpose does that serve or something? Yeah. Because it's like, it's it's the imagination of a little girl. Like, it's a a mythic, epic story. So- Shouldn't every single frame of it be epic and mythic?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, they they get to be the the film uh, itself, but also you know, Tarsum gets to be as as like self indulgent as he wants, and yeah. it's it's justified narratively because it's it's the like you say the combined imagination of this little girl and this dude telling the story. Yeah, that's where like for me that's just a get out of jail free card. It's yeah, like, sure. is
0: it a fairy tale? Get out of jail free. Just give me fucking nah. the most fucking
1: amazing, incredible stuff around. Perhaps if Flubber had taken the same approach, we would have been more kindly to it. Yes, that's right. Exactly. So I
0: adore this movie, obviously. I've only watched it about three times or so before this because when mm. I first saw it, it was like 2011 or 2012. Uh-huh. So it's uh, not as as much time as it had been around for. And because it is such like a rich, long, amazing oh, yes. sort of thing, two hours. You don't. Uh, it's it's not like the quickest, easiest thing to just rewatch all the time. Mm. I found myself when I watched it originally, all of that stuff becoming really drawn to all of the the, the epic, fantastical, magical stuff. That's like mm. my bread and butter. The second I'm seeing that stuff on screen, all of the. How creative and imaginative all the designs are of the costumes and the locations and how it's shot. Mm. I'm just like lapping it up and I'm just like, I just want more of that, more of that, more of that. And I think I was not not that I didn't pay attention to like the overall plot of the two of them in the hospital. Mm. But this time watching it around, I think I appreciated that like way, way, way more
1: than just. All of the the fantasy stuff on its face value, yeah, yeah, it wasn't just a framing device that you're just waiting to get back to the fantasy stuff. Yeah, which I can
0: like, I think that if because, like I said, it's get out of jail free card. A lot of the time, I will give other things a pass if it's just like just get me back to the amazing, yeah, stuff. Yeah.
1: No, I think I think the the story going on within the framing device is uh, like compelling enough to stand on its own as well. Yeah, and I think as the movie goes on, that becomes the more interesting stuff you know the the fantasy stuff is obviously more visually uh stunning but I think I I start to care more about what's going on in the real world than what's going on in the fantasy world yeah absolutely we're getting that
0: nicely told like bits of information where it's like there's certain things that obviously like Roy knows because he's experienced this that we don't know yet and some of that informs how the story goes but then as as things go on and we get Introduced to that at the same time as, you know, the movie star guy coming to visit. Yeah. And, and then that's how we learn that he's the, the the woman that is now dating that leading man used to be Roy's girlfriend. Mm. Um, and he feels like he lost her to like the the, the the Hollywood star of the flick when he was just like a stunt guy. And that's a good way of telling us that. But also that like that exacerbates how Roy is feeling. Mm. So that it it becomes more evident through the the fairy tale parts that it's affecting him more emotionally and it's it's swaying the story more. Yeah, it's coming. It's manifesting in the story. Yeah, and yeah, that's when you start going like, oh no, he's telling this story to the little girl to, to like as a carrot on a stick. Yeah. To be like, yeah. hey, you want this? Like, oh, you want me to tell you the story? Well, I need pills. And you, go, oh fuck no. Yeah. That's when you start knowing that something's something's not right. Again, that amazingly stupid child logic of he's writing down morphine to know that she can read it. Yeah, yeah, but she sees the three. The E as a backwards three, and he doesn't correct her because he's just like, yeah, whatever. Did you get what I sent you for? Yes. Yes, it is. Yeah? There's only three in here.
1: Yes. Me for free. No,
0: I asked you for a full bottle.
1: But you wrote that. Was this bottle full of pills? Free?
0: Were there more pills in here? Yeah. What did you do with them? I throw them in the toilet. But I threw them away because you wrote M O R B H I N free. Mm. Yeah, obviously it ends up saving him because he's suicidal and he's wanting to just take all the pills to fall asleep. Yeah, yeah.
1: and then the uh, the reveal of the uh, hypochondriac in the same room yeah. has been given sugar pills, and the only reason he finds out that out is because he takes all the fucking sugar pills. Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. I think this point in the the story where he's taken all the sugar pills and stuff uh, has one of the most amazing match cuts in the movie, but uh, shit in general, that-, that Shot from, um, what do they call him, the stony-faced priest. Yes. Like, smiling at the camera and then it cutting to the, the, like, the mountainous kind of uh, desert area that, that somehow uh, it's it matches the shape of his face. Yeah, yeah. Very, very, very cool. It's amazing, yeah. I love how, like, that stony-faced
0: priest that's the one that, oh, he- he betrayed them. That's the priest that she likes throwing oranges at. And yeah, everybody knows that yeah. she likes throwing oranges at the priest and stuff. That's all really yeah. cute little things. Uh, that's when we're introduced to, yeah, mm. Nurse Evelyn is this, like, you know, lovely nurse to to Alexandria. And that's where she's sort of, like, inserting her into the story mm. in a same way that Roy is seeing his, like, lost love. Mm. And those lines kind
1: of get blurred, blurred and stuff there. Yeah, I think to a point where I was a little bit lost. Like mm. when she sees the nurse uh hooking up with one of the doctors and she like tells Roy that as though it means something. Yeah, to yeah. Roy. Sure. Like I think that 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 lost me a little bit. I was like, "Huh?" No, that's fair. It's uh it literally is her like
0: her child logic. She was putting together like, "Oh, maybe Roy would be Happy again if, if, uh, like Nurse Evelyn is beautiful and nice. Right, maybe, right. Okay, gotcha. Maybe those two could be together and then Roy would be happy. And then yeah, when she yeah, found that yeah. Nurse Evelyn's sleeping with one of the other doctors, she's like, oh no, that plan won't work. Yeah, and Roy's just yeah, like, so she's upset. Gotcha. And Roy's like, the what? The what? <laughs> Sorry, yeah. Like, you didn't, t- yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not in on this, this whole plot yeah, line. Yeah, 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 of course. Roy, like, Roy hasn't been like let in on any of this. Not, like, this is the first time he's hearing it. I love the like those little details are really lovely about how like Charles Darwin has a little box full of all of his favorite things the way that Alexandria does mm, is sweet yeah. and then when Nurse Evelyn shows up in the story now she's got the heart-shaped locket that was of the the ex the ex-girlfriends of Roy's and stuff yeah it's such like little tiny fine detail things are are so so cool and sweet and then we sort of get to that point where, obviously, like you said, uh, t- turns out he's a hypochondriac, and they're giving him sugar pills. But we get the fake out. Oh, first. that fake
1: out is is um
0: super super sad. But yeah, really sad. Um, that's when we start to see Katinka's performance start. It's not just it isn't just a oh they found this kid that acts cute and funny and talks funny. Yeah, let's yep. cuss her in the role when she starts getting upset because she thinks that. Roy's gone is like yeah, really, really effective. It is so yeah. I think so because well done.
1: She is like you you just buy it at buy her as just a little kid. Yeah, it doesn't you, feel you, like you a just, performance. No, no, you your heart just breaks for this little fucking kid. Mm. And it's around that time too that she starts appearing in the story as the the masked bandit's daughter.
0: Yeah. And she's like,
1: fun in that as well. That's really fun. I like that. That like that he is
0: doesn't have the will to go on. So all of the characters in the story are like failing and losing, hmm. and he's like, "There's no one left to help." And so then she pops out of this little bag, and she's yeah, got yeah. the costume on, the same as the masked bandit, <laughs> and uh, fucking Luigi being like,
1: "No wonder the bag was so
0: heavy." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, her inserting herself into the story because it's like, no, we need to we need to keep going and tell the story and stuff. Uh, that that ultimately being not, to, it's just like, oh, she cares about the story so much. It's that she's had this huge attachment to Roy that she's grown so, so
1: fond of him in this sort of fatherly-like role. Yeah, to the point where she doesn't want to leave the hospital and she like botches the translation between her, her mum and the doctor. Yes, yeah. To make sure that she's there for a few more days. And then, yeah, trying to get the morphine again
0: and then slipping and hurting herself. You really wacky stop-motion sequence of her, like, concussion mm. of, like, being out of it. I really love that as well. It's another, like, really distinctly cool-looking, beautiful animation that distinguishes itself differently to the story that's being told That that is the epic. This is... But in that same way that there's that childlike logic of, uh, you know, her imagination in the story that's getting told. This is that sort of imagination or the child logic of when she's like not actually she's yeah just because she's so out of it that yeah she's having all those those visions of like the doctors and the pulling the like the the note out of the head and stuff Ugh, yeah yeah very it's, eerie it's the stop motion stuff is real really creepy. creepy but a lot of that stuff would be really creepy and like the. Uh, the fact that she likes hanging around and watching these people in in the hospital and stuff, and at the same time that she's stealing the morphine for Roy, that she find, she sees the 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 dead boy on the table. Ah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. like really fucking haunting, and mm. it's it's shocking f- for a grown like you know adult to see that scene, but then for what it would do for a child and stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's one of those things that, like, yeah, it is. It is shocking for us as viewers, and it's shocking to a point for her. But it doesn't. It, it kind of comes back in that moment of of her hitting her on the hitting herself on the head, uh, or you know, tripping off the thing, bumping her head in her subconscious. But it doesn't really affect much of her mood beyond the initial fright of it, because mm. kids are so kids are kind of resilient just by. Uh, virtue of of being that young and kind of naive, mm.
0: sort of in the same way that like we, yeah, when she does get concussed, we see like what happened to her father and stuff, and it's like oh well, she's obviously gone through some pretty fucking rough shit already, and is resilient, resilient. Mm. Like when she's just she's just sort of telling those things to Lee Lee Pace. Uh, yeah, yeah. When she like, just oh says, my you know, my house got burnt down, and he's like yeah, oh I'm sorry, yeah. and she's like what and. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry for that and stuff," and like he's telling her the story, thinking that the main character is the father, but yeah. then she's like, "No, no, he's dead," and it's like, yeah. "Oh, fuck, we didn't like, yeah. yeah, yeah." That's just like so bluntly, just like no, she, her father's dead, and so that's when yeah, obviously she's like, "No, no, I want you to be, I want you to be the the bandit." So then he takes on the bandit. I thought again. I heard. Everybody's heard
1: you're
0: famous Uh, are they angry yeah but not you but then yeah that that fall being sort of finally that uh the accountability for roy having to realize that he's putting this kid in danger
1: yeah yeah honestly that last that that last half an hour or that that Twenty minutes before the last ten minutes before you know the story gets wrapped up and and ends uh, on a somewhat happy note. That twenty or so minutes of him sat by her bedside, you know, telling the continuing the story, kind of having this moment of of realizing, uh, taking accountability for his actions, but really like it, it not being this moment of of grace. Like he he. Stumbles through it resentfully mm. and violently like he really like you're telling in in continuing the story, it's almost he he does so out of spite, yeah, and it's like heartbreaking for like you that that twenty minutes you're just you're I was a fucking mess, I was just crying for both of these characters this little this little kid mm. who is so uh unceremoniously being i i i guess exposed to all of these truths about life and its, its disinterested you know cruelty uh and 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 being told these things by this this young man who has been so for the time being feels so beaten down by those same truths that he doesn't want to be there anymore mm and and he's telling her these things almost out of like a resentment for that naivety that she still has and that that innocence that she still has that he no longer has. It's fucking heartbreaking. I was just crying and crying. Oh my god, and then the monkey died? Fuck me. Yeah, that's the fucking Wallace. Oh god.
0: Um, I yeah, it 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 definitely affected me when I first watched it, but this time it hit me way harder than I think it ever had in the Mm. Other times that I've watched it, there's so many fucking moments that just fucking catch you up, uh, like like with Wallace dying and, uh, sort of the the like the begging or the bargaining that. Uncle
1: Darby. don't leave me, my friend. Don't I- <laughs> Tell everyone they were your ideas.
0: Ah, uh, yeah. That you that you you had all of the theories that you made it all up. I'll mm. I'll give you the credit for it and stuff. And it's just like, oh fuck. I like the way that the Mystic turns into a kind of a metaphor for the old man even though he didn't start that way yeah 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 the teeth <laughs> teeth fly out yeah his teeth fly out and there's the whole oh your your, your strength is in your teeth and so when mm. she appears in the story she has front teeth so he's like I yeah. didn't recognize you because you got front teeth and you must be strong and stuff so when the mystic loses his teeth and stuff it's just like yeah really heartbreaking and they're like not helping him and stuff. Mm. And him calling out the the, the magic words and stuff.
1: Oh, it's just like, yeah. ugh. I think, like, and also the fact that it's cutting back and forth between these things happening and the, you know, the story being told in the hospital, but also, like, as these things are happening, you've got the voiceover of the two of them, Alexandria, like, pleading for him to stop killing these characters yeah, yeah. and going like, why? And he's like, because that's just fucking how it is. This is my fucking story. And you're like, no, don't be cruel to her. She's just a kid. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you can, but you, you empathise with, or I, I empathise with why he feels feels that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't think he, or I don't get the impression that he's a bastard in that moment. He's no. just <laughs> so deeply hurting himself. He's, he's lashing out at the one person who's been, you know, kind to him. We're killing everybody. We're making everybody die.
0: It's my story.
1: Mine too.
0: It, it is a fine line
1: between how spiteful he's being but still, yeah, really, really still empathising with him. Mm. Yeah, it's a credit to, to Lee Pace's performance. Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah, when he's just utterly given up in the water, like drowning, when Odious is just like holding him under the water, and just like the the huge freaking punches and like the the spurt of blood out of their mouths and stuff, yeah, um, and he's just like utterly spent and not fighting back, and she's just like pleading for him and stuff to do it, where like that's sort of like that that final moment of her like not talking about it in the metaphor of the story, but just telling him that I don't want you to die. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then him getting up and it's like he's beginning to continue the story, but
1: she's just like, no, no more fighting. I don't want this. Yeah, yeah. And when she's when- afraid. When- He's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, no, like too much, (laughs) too much honesty. Uh, And when she's like, you know, no more, like promise. And he's like, I promise. She's like, don't cross your fingers. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He's like, show me your hands. It's a really, it's it's really cute, but it's also really sad at the same time when he's
0: just like, no, it's all a lie. He never took an oath. He was crossing his fingers. And it's like the the way of using that child logic against her in that moment. Yeah. It's like, it's really charming and sweet, but also heartbreaking. Yeah. Of like cutting back to the like the funeral of his brother and he's just got these like crossed fingers behind his hands. <laughs> You're
1: like, no! That's, like it's how, so silly. how how
0: how but how much betrayal that can be for a like a small child, the concept yeah, of yeah. I was crossing my fingers. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Luckily we we do get somewhat of a of a happy ending. Mm. It's a it's a yeah, quite a nice ending. It's it also really just fucking Hit me with the feels, even though it is a happy ending, the way that, uh, cause I'd sort of forgotten the exacts. I didn't remember that it like actually ended with all of that. Like it's like a, it's like a, a homage to all of that early pictures stunt work, mm. uh, that's so beautifully yeah. edited and stuff. Again, with her t- saying stuff over the top, just, just describing it, in just the describing that it kid is the way describing it is amazing. Yeah. It's that like, yeah, she got to, she doesn't like Roy's not doesn't become her father in real life and adopt her or something. It's not this like fairy tale ending. It's a real ending. She goes back to her mother to the to the orange groves, but then she sees Roy yeah, one day in, in a picture doing the stunt of getting hit in the head, and yeah, just that. Yep. That, that shot and she keeps watching it over and over again. And <laughs> they keep showing the it over kid, and over again. Of just him yeah, the clogged. way kids do. I watched the picture again and again and again, and again to make sure that was right and was right.
1: Clogged in the back of the head with a chair. Yeah. And then her just like her describing all of these other stunts that she saw him do that she might not have seen it might not have been him but yeah she maybe not him everyone getting hit in the movie was him yeah yeah it's wonderful and then you just get to see this wonderful you know clip show of of, of all these you know pratfalls and stuff from that era mm. kind of uh, yeah loving lovingly stitched together yeah it's real real sweet uh, won me over in a in a big way uh, again I can I can understand people being um, turned off by it. Uh, just not being some people's kind of flick uh on paper it's not my sort of film either but in practice letting letting myself be be won over by it and and taken on a bit of a journey and then given something uh really cathartic and um heartfelt at the end uh it was a, it was a real pleasure it was a real surprise uh to be so uh, affected by this movie mm, i'm I'm so. So glad to hear you say that, and
0: yeah, like yeah. you said, I, I can also understand why certain people might not dig it as much. I've never honestly looked into what the what the reception was. I just saw it and I was like, "This is phenomenal! It's a phenomenal <laughs> movie. Everyone must think it's phenomenal." Mm. I, I I feel uh, I feel like bad that people can't let themselves. Uh, you know, let the movie win them over and enjoy it. That it's too mm. too overindulgent for them. That they're like, nah, this is, I'm out. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, because uh, I I enjoy it so much and I get so much from it that it, it's just yeah, I feel bad for them. Yeah, well, oh, hey, sucks to be them, eh? Yeah, sucks to be them.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah, I really loved coming back to this movie and what found it really surprising that it could affect me on a deeper level than it had before I really wasn't expecting that I was just expecting in that way that some of uh, some of our favorite picks are uh, we feel very confident in them because we're like mm. oh this isn't one that I haven't seen in like 15 years I know I know mm. this movie is excellent and good so yeah. I know what to expect from re-watching it and so it's always good to actually get something more new mm, definitely when you when you feel like you've gotten everything from it yeah well thank you very much for listening we hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Uh, if you did and you would like to help support the podcast we always say that sharing it to a friend is the is the best and most effective way of doing that especially if it's a friend like like me who hadn't seen the fall mm-hmm. you you got to you got to recommend that so recommend the movie yeah, recommend and, and the movie. then recommend the podcast there you go you can You can change up the story that you're telling to your friend. They're like, I thought this was a, a story about this. And you're like, no, no, no. I was getting you to watch this movie, but just to listen to this podcast afterwards. <laughs> Self-insert yourself into it. If you would like to support us uh, further, like uh, I hinted at the beginning of the podcast, we have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Rose Review uh, where you can get access to our exclusive catch-up podcast, The Blind Spot. And I was, like I said, catching up by watching the cell one of the one of the like the last really big notable Tarsim films that I hadn't seen of course all of our social media links are in the episode description where you can hit us up uh with your answer to the question of the episode who who was your of 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 our mythical heroes the six of them who's your who's your favorite one and why next week Connor what? What are you feeling
1: nostalgic for? All right, next week uh, I want to sh- shift gears a little bit. It- it's nothing uh, special in terms of, uh, you know, thematically bouncing off of this one or anything. It's just a movie I, I saw in cinemas with my dad as a-, as a kid and quite liked and haven't revisited in a while. So let's do it. Uh, Chicken Run. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a bit of fun. Something light and easy. A lot of fun. I think, anyway, if I come out of Chicken Run bawling my eyes out, then, you know, we'll see. Uh, Yeah. So,
0: join us next time when we find out if our hindsight is truly 2020 or if we've just been wearing rose-tinted glasses.
1: Who may I ask, are you?
0: To most, I'm known as the Masked Bandit.
1: The Scourge of the Southeast?
0: That's the one. But that's only when I wear the mask. Who are you? Nurse mm. yes, Evelyn.
1: <gasps> Once I was Lady Evelyn Everest Everhart, now I'm
0: <clears throat> Sister Evelyn. She's
1: what? not a sister.
0: Bless you. No, what? Yes, she is.
1: She doesn't have brothers and sisters.
0: No, she's a nun, like these nuns out here. And she turned from the mess bandit and she said,
1: May I be frank with you? Of course. Although I've dedicated my life to God and goodness, I secretly love throwing oranges at our priest.